2: This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 9, episode 24.
3: Is Writing Excuses side quests,
2: 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry.
4: And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan.
3: I'm Mary. And I need to go grind XP off here in the other room for a little bit.
4: Saying writing excuses, side quests right together is really a tongue twister. I'll just tell you guys that. <laughs> writing excuses, side quests. Wow. Writing excuses, yeah, it is. side
2: quests. Yeah, yeah well, it's the double S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: So, Mary, what do you mean by side quests when you suggested this podcast?
2: Well, the side quests come in two forms, and they're, they're closely related, I think. Um, which is, there are side quests that your hero or heroine will go on during the main, during the book. Um, and it's something that takes them away from the main quest point that they're heading towards. Mm -hmm. And then there are side quests that happen outside the book, and these are uh, stories that stand alone on their own and that you might write for promotional reasons or because it covers something that you can't cover in the main story.
4: Excellent. Let's talk about the first one first, and then after the book of the week, we'll jump into the second one. So quests that characters go on that are tangential to the main storyline why do you put these in your books?
3: Because they don't have enough XP to beat the boss yet.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I, Okay, so we're joking, mm-hmm. but the reason to put the side no. quest in there is that uh, the character... It, it has to have a story purpose, mm. I, yeah. I, I would argue, uh, and I, I don't like wasting words on just putting something cool in the book that doesn't tie in. I want the character to learn something. I want the reader to learn something. I want this to, in some way, prepare us for what's happening later in the book.
2: Yeah, and and I mean, you're absolutely right, even though it is funny that you don't have enough XP to... to mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can I mean, you can see this actually in Wizard of Oz, that Dorothy has a number of side quests that she has to go on, although her um, ultimate quest is to get home. But she has to go on some that look like they have nothing to do with achieving the overall goal, right. uh, like going to defeat the witch looks like it's going to be a side quest in some ways because it doesn't actually initially look like it's directly Mm -hmm. related, but it's absolutely vital.
5: Yeah. Um, In The Hollow City, I had a big side quest that that went through several different versions to get it right. And uh, the main character has schizophrenia, has just escaped from an asylum and is on the run. Meds are wearing off and he's losing his touch with reality. And so, plausibly, realistically... I needed him to get more medication. And so my two solutions were, well, he could just take some when he leaves, and then I don't have to worry about it. Or I could use this as an opportunity to really highlight how dangerous it is to be out without his medication. And so the, the little side quest of him, and I think it's just one chapter of him trying to get new meds, and which ends up you know, trying to buy drugs off the street, basically, uh, turned into a way of, of showing how he tries to interact with people when he can't properly perceive reality and things like this it became very important to his character Mm -hmm. um because i i made it so
2: (laughs) yeah and i think a lot of times side quests are something that are related to illuminating something about the character that will either give them the strength that they're going to need in the overall quest or just are fulfilling part of that character arc
3: You know, I think the reason the, uh, you know, I I need to grind experience points, jokes, Mm -hmm. the joke is funny, is that a lot of video games, role-playing modules, MMORPGs, have lifted the whole concept of side quest from really well-written fiction, Mm -hmm. where the side quest helps the character along, and have used it as an excuse to build more playtime. And so our... Our gaming experience of side quests is oh geez, I got to go collect wolf pelts for what's his name before I can, and that's what you want to avoid in your book. Yes, I, so how do you avoid it?
2: Yeah, I by making it absolutely important to the book and and having something at stake to whether or not they succeed or fail. Like I I read a book in which there was a there was a side quest where they were traveling from point A to point B. And accidentally stumbled into some poisonous plants, and then fortunately it happened to have an antidote on them, so just fixed that right there and it had it it impacted nothing in the overall mm-hmm. story, it didn't change their character relationships to each other; they weren't exactly the same, and this is I think the key for what causes it to fail, they were in exactly the same position at the Mm. end of that side quest as they were at the beginning of it.
4: Excellent. That's a really great point. Um, I would say, you know, we've, we've danced around this idea and it's been mentioned that you want everything in your book to either evoke character, plot, or setting, preferably all three. So you um if we look at the plot aspect of it maybe this side quest is not your main plot but if you have introduced other problems and you were still able to give a sense of progression mm-hmm. remember how I talk a lot, a lot about plot as a sense of progression um, and m- some of my favorite stories are basically travel logs where you get to a certain place and you can't progress anymore so you have an adventure there mm-hmm. and then you get to progress more but they're they're gaining something the The characters are learning something, or they're getting a shortcut, or something like this. You've got to remember, you can't let your reader feel that you are not progressing because of the side quest. Yeah,
2: although I think that you can have a successful side quest that causes a major setback.
4: Yes, you can. Well, you can. um,
2: Although that is again progressing the plot. Right. right. Mm -hmm.
4: I I, that that's a case I think where you you can see it,
5: especially in quest stories or and travel stories like The Hobbit. The Hobbit uses side quests as try fail cycles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. you know we are trying to get here, but first we get attacked by goblins and when we finally escape from them, having lost resources, then we get attacked by spiders and when we finally escape them, having lost more resources and so their situation gets more dire the right. the uh, you know we get to see them try and fail over and over before they finally get to the big boss at the end
2: yeah but what becomes frustrating for readers are when you you go out and you, say, visit Tom Bombadil, and then you come back, and nothing has exactly. changed.
4: Yeah. Uh,
6: yeah.
2: Let's, let's, <laughs> let's just
4: um, go ahead and move on.
6: Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered.
0: Get IP Vanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at ipvanish.com/audio slash a book of the week. <laughs> okay,
4: our without book of the week starting a discussion of Without getting about.
5: into that, <laughs> our book of the week this week is The Hero's Guide to Saving Your Kingdom by Christopher Healy and a ton of interior illustrations by Todd Harris. Uh, the, he the key the cover and the interior stuff. It is a middle grade novel that is essentially a fairy tale retelling, but it's four fairy tales all mashed together. And we're getting the classic princess stories from the point of view of the princes. They refer to themselves as the princes charming. And it's Cinderella's prince charming and Snow White's prince charming and uh, two others, like, you know, Rapunzel and, and I don't know. Uh, but anyway, the point is that they, uh, they they end up working together because nobody cares about the princes. The stories are all about the princesses and what they do. That's who the bards sing about. And the princes are just kind of out on their own and they have to to make their own way it's they're wonderful stories my i read them to my kids uh and they absolutely adored this book uh the hero's guide to saving your kingdom howard how can
3: they get it audiblepodcast.com excuse start a 30-day free trial membership and download the prince's guide to saving your kingdom for free
4: okay so let's talk about the second half of this idea the idea that sometimes we write side stories about our main characters Um, And this is, I feel, growing even more popular. It's always been popular, Mm -hmm. but even more Mm -hmm. popular in the digital era where you can release a digital original short tied into the main storyline. I did a ton of these. You go ahead and then I'll talk about mine.
3: I was doing this.
4: You are a hipster. I I was doing this uh, (laughs)
3: bass. I was doing this bass backwards. The principal product, Schlock Mercenary, is given away for free electronically. Right. The bonus stories. Only appear in the print collections, mm-hmm. um, and I tried to make the bonus stories as interesting as possible. You know, giving you more insight into the character, uh, make them fun, have often awesome moments in them without requiring you to have read them in order to follow the story online.
2: Yeah, and that last bit, without requiring you to have read them, mm-hmm. like a lot of the things that you'll do that will stand alone are going to give you character insight, but if you have right. to read them in order to understand the next novel,
4: right. there is a problem. Yeah, I would say definitely avoid that. Um, that would be the number one thing. Nobody likes feeling like they missed out on something important. Mm-hmm. And if it undermines your story, that's even worse. Yeah. Uh, these should be fun things for the ultra fans to go out and find or ways for new readers to discover your project. If you can make your side story cool enough and stand enough on its own, Someone might run across that, try it out, and decide to pick up the main books. Well, that's a
5: little bit of what we did with the Partial Series, Mm -hmm. uh, for which we've created so many side quests. And a lot of them aren't even stories so much as just random in-world documents. Mm -hmm. Um, A court case, a Mm -hmm. coroner's report, a news transcript. And these were things that the publisher said, why don't you create a whole bunch of extra material that we can use for promotion? And my editor and I decided to make them all in-world things. Mm -hmm. And we actually extended that to the book trailer. Book trailers um, are so goofy. They're Mm -hmm. really a weird thing. But they're incredibly popular in the YA genre. And so we tried to think of a way to make it interesting. And we ended up with these uh, basically recovered videos that are kind of prequels to the books, you know, that, that explain little bits of the story of how the world ended before the series begins. Those book trailers have been incredibly popular because they are so different. They're not just breathy voiceover panning across still images, you know, they're cool little filmed things about here's this company, or here's this advertisement, or here's you know, whatever, and uh, they, they help explain the world they give more depth to the world, and uh, people find them really cool. And they've been that great promotional tool.
4: Awesome. Now, Mary, you've done this.
2: Yeah, I do them as uh, treats for my readers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing a Christmas story for uh, my main characters, and it's right. basically uh, their, Christ- their first Christmas Eve, their first Christmas Day, and and it is the way I use it is um, my characters are so often in peril. Yeah that it's actually kind of nice for my readers to get to see them having a nice time. Um, right. And that's not something that's going to be particularly compelling in a novel, but I've been joking about, and I'm kind of almost, I, I think I will probably write the Jane and Vincent's perfectly ordinary day in which they just <laughs> go to the library and come home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is, it's for readers who enjoy the things and want mm-hmm. to be in the world a little bit longer. Now, I've also done one thing that was kind of a writing – it was a writing exercise where I have inadvertently discovered that it is a good marketing tool for my novels. Okay. Which is I – several – last year, I think it was, we had Shauna Germain on to talk Mm -hmm. about writing – Writing love scenes.
4: One of our best podcasts of the year, I would say. I, I think so. Not as because well. of us, but not because, because she was she a was fantastic a, guest.
2: She was a fantastic guest. So I took her class mm-hmm. on erotica, and part of the homework was to write erotica. So I wrote it with Jane and Vincent, my main characters. And these are not scenes that would ever appear in my books because Regency romance, and you know, we fade to black really fast. Yep. <laughs> Um, and these don't fade to black. But I have picked up readers from those.
4: You posted those whole things? I posted those things.
2: whole things on uh, behind password because I don't okay. want people to hit them without right. knowing. Mm-hmm. And I warn explicit, oh, so explicit content. Um, but I've picked up readers from that. And it surprises me. And they seem to have no problem with the and fact that... And
4: one piece of it ended up in uh, one of yes. the books.
2: And one of the pieces... Um, and this is another thing is that sometimes these side quests right. can can wind up in the books. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I, one of the pieces I wrote was their first kiss. And when we did the UK edition, I went ahead and put that into the novel.
4: Now, I will say with my books, particularly the Stormlight Archive, I just put all the side quests in like this. <laughs> um, I, I built into the, the series this idea of the interludes, which are novellas and short stories in world in the, that are included. That's because I get 400,000 words to play with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
2: I did that actually yeah. in um, stagecraft. Mm. I have three side quests that right. are not my main characters; that are secondary characters.
4: Yeah, Scalzi did this with Redshirts, with the Codas at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's something fun you can do playing with the form. I thought it really made Redshirts come together as a as a book, quote unquote, yeah. because it's I'm not even sure what to call Redshirts. But um, with the Way of Kings, it allows me to play in different parts of the world and also then come back to the main characters. But I also have been doing this and saying, I need to be releasing some of these on their own. I need to be doing extra side quests because it allows me to explore the world. It allows me to take some of the side characters and do fun things with them. And so I've begun plotting some of these to do myself. I did do one of these for Steelheart that was released by itself. It's called Mitosis. It's the bridge story between book one and book two. Um, I think because this is very popular in YA, uh, Dan had this experience before I did it seems like a lot of the teen publishers are liking these extra content things. And so if you sell a teen series, you may find that they put it into the contract. Mine was in the contract. Was yours as well, Dan? Uh,
5: mine actually ended up being a separate contract, which okay. was awesome because they paid a bunch for it. But uh, we <laughs> did a a Partials novella called Isolation mm-hmm. that was a prequel, uh, which was kind of based on a, a side character who right. ended up being so compelling after we did that... Uh, that uh, novella that we made her a much bigger character in the rest of the series because we liked her so much.
3: She's awesome. I liked her.
4: She's way more awesome in Ruins. I can't finished wait. finished the series. Sweet. Now, Howard, you get really stressed by these bonus stories. Yes. So let's add in the caveat that you don't have to do this. Right. And tell us a little bit why this is so stressful for you to do these bonus stories.
3: Uh, honestly, the the reason it's stressful is because for... 12 years, uh, all I really needed to do, 12 years, 10 years, all I really needed to do was make the comic. And I only needed to have one story in my head at a time. And when I started making the bonus stories, uh, I was trying to write two different stories at once as Mm. a discovery writer. Mm. And the bonus stories, and this is the part that you're going to find just patently offensive, the bonus stories are designed to fill out a signature. (laughs) The page count of a perfectly bound schlock mercenary book is a multiple of 16. And once we have laid out the book, we will find either, you know, oh, we've only got two pages left, um, but we want to do a bonus story, so the bonus story is going to be 17 pages long, or we've got six pages left, and, well, I'm not going to do a 22-page bonus story. Can I tell a good story in six pages? And that is... That's just anathema to the to the average storyteller. You want to come up with an idea for a story, not an idea for the space in which a story might
2: fit. See, this my puppeteer brain is
3: going yes and
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. And, well, yeah,
3: I, no, and I understand. I understand that there there are folks uh, there are folks for whom this is very natural. Um, uh, so that's part of that's part of the stress. The other part of the stress is that. Uh, if, sometimes I would write a bonus story and I just wouldn't like it. And I would look at it and look at it and realize, okay, if I'm not liking it, there's no way the audience is going to like it. I'm not going to make them pay extra for something I don't like. I'm not going to do the extra work and charge the money for something that none of us enjoy. Um, and so there's, you know there's for lack of a better term, performance anxiety. Um, a great example of how the current comic work will influence the bonus story that's being written there was a moment in Body Politic where Schlock gets in fight with a, in a fight with the gardener and Tagon asks him, you know, what happened and Schlock said, I just really don't like shovels. And it was presented as a punchline and everybody laughed and that was fine. And when I wrote that, I had no idea why he didn't like shovels. Uh and not 4 weeks later I was starting on the bonus story and and shovels featured very prominently in a way that would be traumatic. Um, The reader does not need to have read the bit about Mm -hmm. the shovels to know why Schlock doesn't like shovels, but it's a treat that they love. Pulling that off every time, boy, that's hard. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes.
4: Let's go ahead and get our writing prompt. Okay, the writing prompt actually
5: has nothing to do with side quests, but I want you to, uh, to create a story in which you have an incredibly powerful character and a sidekick and then flip them and find some plausible reason for the incredibly powerful
4: character to be the other person's sidekick. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write.